started, so uh, good evening, one and all. As uh, I think you all know, we're here for a special briefing of the Common Council by Finance Director Dave Schmidicke, presenting a budget outlook and process for the upcoming fiscal year, both uh, capital and operating budget. And Dave informs me that he believes he is about 30 minutes or so of a presentation. And then, we, of course, we'll have questions uh, of Dave. Um, for those that, that don't, aren't aware, we are being filmed on Madison City Channel, so when it comes time for the questions, if you could please uh, press the button if you'd like to ask a question or, or involve yourself in discussion, and then uh, City Channel will be um, turning our microphones on and off based on your um, indication if you'd wish to speak with that. Thanks very much, Dave, for being here, and it's all yours. Thank you, Alder Revere. Uh, thanks, all of you. I will uh, run through a few slides and uh, try to give you some background on uh, where we're at and um, uh, what 2016 looks like and what 2017 for the budget uh, outlook looks like. So we'll, um, uh, our reserves are slightly below um, our goal of 15% of, um, uh, of our uh, general fund expenditures for the subsequent year. Um, our actuals are um, on track for 2016, and I'll get into that in a little more detail. Um, the net new construction, which drives the uh, amount of uh, increase in the levy that's allowable, um, will place constraints on 2017, as long as some other uh, issues that I will touch on. And um, post-2017 commitments are more than what our revenue growth is, so that's uh, Another issue we continue to grapple with in each budget. And then um, the SIP or the capital improvement plan that's in place, um, if it's fully implemented on the schedule that's, uh, that, we, um, that is in the 2016 capital budget, will drive um, property tax increases. We also have deficits in our insurance fund and fleet service fund that do have implications for the budget. So first, um, we are about to issue our CAFR, our Camp Comprehensive Annual Financial Report for 2015. And um, what that will show us very generally is uh, our unassigned uh, general fund balance is at 14%. Our target's at 15 Most of the reason why we're at 14% is um, uh, the deficit that's in the insurance fund that uh, we had to address through uh, an advance from the general fund uh, balance. Um, Otherwise, we would have been about 14 14.6%. Uh, revenues were um, healthy compared to the budget in 2015, uh, up almost $900,000. And you can see the areas um, there. Uh, the, uh, the four installments on property taxes resulted in the city collecting more um, uh, delinquent uh, property tax revenues. We also had a very good year for room tax in 2015. Um, fines and forfeitures are down compared to budget, and that's a trend that we've seen in the last few years, primarily as um, uh, related to parking violations. And the um, multi-space meters um, have resulted in fewer violations, which means more revenues for the parking utility, less revenues for the general fund. We did quite well in um, ambulance conveyance, uh, revenues as well as um, engineering service fees. Building permits are down uh, compared to um, the budget, and uh, we'll, that'll have ramifications for 16 and 17. Investment income um, 
again, less, uh, and we've seen that the last few years, um, less than what um, uh, we had budgeted. And then there were some other miscellaneous um, adjustments, in particular a TIF reimbursement that we were supposed to receive in 15, we will receive in 16. That was about $190,000. Our net expenditures are about 600000 higher than our original budget. Um, that was due to fringe benefit allocations as well as um, uh, with MUNIS, we have more precise allocations for capital and other funding sources that uh, mean that we have, again, more reliance on the general fund for that. We spent less than the con contingent reserve. That helped offset um, some of those uh, higher numbers in expenditures. So we're at about a little under $39 million in the assigned fund, uh, unassigned fund balance. So that's down about a million from 2014. And we have a um, cash deficit in the fleet service fund that we address through an advance from the capital projects fund. That will have to be addressed through more, higher appropriations to agencies to pay higher billings in uh, 17 and beyond. And then we have a cash deficit in the insurance fund, which I'll touch on in a few slides, uh, that we had to address um, with an advance from the general fund. Uh, when we look at 2016, um, this is through May. Our revenues are tracking about um, a million below budget, uh, split roughly between room tax. We had projected for 2016 the room tax would go up about 11%. Um, what we saw first quarter actuals was a little over 4%, and that compared to almost a 19% increase um, in the first quarter of 15 over 14. So uh, we've had to dial back um, those estimates by about a half million dollars. And then we'll see, we'll get the second quarter actuals probably about the second or third week of August. So it'll help us get an even more precise picture of what 16 as well as what our forecast for 17 will be. And then building permits are tracking below um, what we had forecast in the budget. Right now, uh, in terms of expenditures, about a million dollars under budget. That's primarily fringe benefit projections and where we think um, you know, we had a light um, winter or snow events in the early part of the year. We have to see if that will play out in the latter part of the year. So the issues that we'll face with 2017, we have advanced commitments, so spending that we have to um, uh, make because of uh, already um, already established uh, commitments and expenditures, and I'll get into those in detail, so a, little, a little over $13 million. Um, under the levy limit, so what we, the net new construction allows us to raise the levy limit plus what we expect debt service to be on geo um, debt. That's um, a little under $11 million. Our revenues, other than property taxes, we think will be down about a million dollars. Again, that's primarily building permits and um, room taxes. And so our gap is about $3.5 million just looking at that. And um, we continue to look at revenue estimates. That probably will not have a major impact on these numbers. Um, what our 2016 actual borrowing will be, um, these numbers are pretty much close to what we think the borrowing will be for 16, and we'll be having that resolution. Uh, well, there's a resolution introduced tonight for 20-year debt, and we'll actually sell our bonds and notes in, um, in September. And then what, what our health insurance um, premium rates will be. Right now, the forecast you see here is assuming that premiums will go up about 7.5% compared to last year. And um, so we're hoping that's 
roughly where it will come in or lower. We do know that the county, in terms of their um, uh, bidding process, contracting process, has seen some pretty significant increases in their health insurance premiums. The um, retirement system rates for general uh, and municipal employees were up two-tenths of a percent. That's the good news. Uh, the more challenging news is that for protective employees, so for police and fire, uh, those amounts went up 1.4%. So that's a pretty significant um, increase. And overall, we've had to build in about three-quarters of a million dollars for, um, uh, for pension uh, payments. Um, these numbers all assume uh, the maximum allowable levy increase, which would be about a 4.1% increase in taxes on the average value home, a 3% increase, um, which is what the mayor is using to build his budget, um, would add about $2.4 million to the gap. So the gap, if we try to get to a 3% increase on the average value home, is closer to $6 million. And then these estimates do not include any new initiatives that may be um, considered by the mayor or by the council. So what are these advanced commitments? Um, root taxes, just based on the first quarter of 2016, plus the state law change that requires that 70% of all room taxes go for tourism-related activities and no more than 30% to the general fund means that um, we'll probably have to drop the room tax by a, close to a million dollars. Building permits, uh, we have to rebase where we're at with that. We continue to see some growth in building permits, but it's plateaued. Um, compared to some of the rapid growth in, over the last few years. And then um, we are projecting pilot payments. Um, the ambulance conveyance fees, recycling fees would be up about 400000 So combination of all that puts us um, down about a million compared to 2016. Turning to um, expenditures, operating costs up almost $8 million. Um, most of that is for compensation. Um, we have to annualize the pay increase that uh, is just being given out this month. Um, and then there are scheduled uh, pay increases of two and a quarter percent at the end of this year. That's a one percent increase in pay, one and a quarter percent increase equivalent for um, a VEBA or a Voluntary Employee, Employee Benefit Association that some of the employee groups are looking to set up. And then uh, the assumption in that $6.1 million is, um, even though they're in bargaining now, the police and fire pay increases would be 1%. Uh, I talked about WRS and about the health insurance increases. So that's all built into that $6 million number. Every year we have to pay for longevity increases um, as people move through their um, seniority as employees. Um, and uh, we pay education stipends to police and firefighters. And then we're having to pay back um, the suspension of payments for certain benefits to police and fire that occurred in 2014. We have to pay that back over a six-year period. So you pull that all together, that's about a million dollars um, of that $7.6 million. We get some savings by being out of the election cycle in 2017, about 600000 And then right now we're looking to um, start to make up that fleet deficit by putting in a million, 1.3 million in 2017, and then um, starting to address the deficit in the insurance fund by um, increasing uh, what the billings that are paid by the agencies by 650,000, 
And then there's a significant surplus in uh, the Metro Enterprise Fund, Metro Transit. It's really been a, a function of uh, more property tax subsidy than maybe should have put, been put into uh, transit over the last few years. And so these assumptions assume that we reduce the subsidy by a million dollars. Um, there, there may be more we'll want to do there in terms of um, shoring up some of the general fund issues without compromising the transit utilities um, financial position. I'm going to spend a couple slides on the insurance fund. Um, this slide just gives you a sense of the trend in our overall um, liability losses. Uh, as you can see, we had a major event in um, major events in 2012. So what we have our officer-involved um, shootings uh, that resulted in loss of life, as well as some um, vehicle accidents that resulted in loss of life. So that plays out in terms of um, both the amount of money we have to set aside in reserve from an actuarial analysis perspective, as well as um, what we have to set aside for um, current claims. And that's also borne out here. Uh, the red line is what our um, total liability reserves have been. And what we do from in the insurance fund, and we've looked on this historically, is we uh, set this based on a 95% confidence level. So it's a very conservative approach. So 95 times out of 100, we assume that uh, what's, uh, what has been projected by the actuary is um, going to happen. It might not happen in terms of the overall cost. So we may be able to back off those reserves, but right now we have to set that amount of cash aside, and that's why we needed to. Um, uh, that's why we had the deficit in the insurance fund that we had to make an advance from the general fund to address. The other three lines, the bottom two lines, show you um, so our general liability and auto liability. Those have remained constant. It's really our other liability, like I said, in police and employment claims um, that have been um, uh, driving the higher numbers. So this graph, the bars um, show you what the billings are. That's how much we charge the agencies. Most of that is paid for by general fund. Uh, so it's police, uh, fire, streets are, are primarily paying that. The green part of the bars are the appropriations that we made at the end of the year to try to address um, some of these uh, deficits that have occurred. And the red line is our... Um, Cash balance, the dotted black line is the reserve adjustment that we've had to make each year um, that's given to us by the actuary. And we actually don't get that number until after the year has ended, so we're always a year behind. And so we had start to catch up with uh, the, the year-end appropriations in 2012. You see how that red line rose. And then we had uh, really the uh, adjustments that have happened in 14 and 15 because of the events that have occurred, and that changes our trend line for liability. So that dotted part of the red line is we put in $1.2 million um, from the general fund balance uh, to shore up the insurance fund, and we need to, in effect, pay that back to the general fund uh, over the next um, few years. And that's really because of a $2.4 million actuarial adjustment uh, that, was, that we became aware of in the spring of 2016. So we'll have to try to address that both through year-end appropriations, hopefully at the end of this year, as well as uh, in the 2017 budget. Um, other advanced commitments we have, uh, we have to fully fund uh, COPS grant positions, engineering positions, other positions that were created partway through um, 2016. And then the uh, debt service, 
um, number is about $5 million. Um, we're actually assuming about $86 million of borrowing, um, not the 83, but that was an earlier number. So roughly around that amount that we need to put in based on projects that are already in place. So turning to levy limits, our growth in the levy, um, other than for debt service, is driven by what we call net new construction. So that's new buildings that you see around the city or um, renovation of buildings, what the value of that is as a ratio to our overall property value. So our preliminary estimate is about 2.16%. It's roughly what we saw um, uh, for 2016. We also have unused uh, levy limit authority from 2016, a little under a million dollars that we, was carried over to 17. And then uh, we had some tax refunds, uh, primarily for the um, Attic Angel, Prairie Point um, refunds. We can also add to the revenue limit for that about $400,000. Debt service is totally outside the levy limits, but does affect that overall increase in property taxes. And um, as you all probably know, these limits can be exceeded through voter referendum. I also want to give you a sense of how has um, how positions grown. It gives you a sense of how um, city expenditures, which are driven primarily by um, personnel costs, have increased over the last roughly. Um, uh, 17 years, 18 years or so. And what we've seen is an 18% increase in positions over that period of time. If we compare that to the growth in population for the city, it, it's almost the same. So about 18% growth in population, 18% um, increase in positions. But it is focused on a few agencies. You can see by this slide, I don't think any surprise, police and fire have seen um, Large increases in numbers, I think, to address um, uh, provision of services issues. Both police and fire, in terms of percentage, it's about a 30% increase compared to that overall increase of um, 18% uh, citywide. And then you can see the numbers across there. In engineering, the next largest increase, a lot of that is reorganization. Some um, functions were brought into engineering, primarily facility management as well as the addition of new services that are paid for by enterprise fees, such as stormwater and, and sewer activities. Uh, the transit increase, again, that's a very large um, agency. The percentage increase, though, is about 11% for um, transit, so not at that um, overall average uh, citywide. And then you can see how it uh, plays out uh, for the rest of the agencies. Okay. Yes? That's the same period since 1999. 1999. Okay, thank you. Yep. Uh, I just wanted to give you a sense of uh, what uh, inflation has been and what it's projected to be in 16 and 17. So the uh, the red line is the consumer price index. Um, you can see it's tracked around 2%, with the exception of the huge drop in um, energy prices, gasoline prices in 2015. That drove inflation down to almost zero, projected to be um, about 1.5% in 2016 and about 2.3% in 2017. The blue line is the taxes on the average value home, what that has increased. Um, so they're about the same in 2014, um, has grown faster as the um, average value home value has increased. So the combination of the mill rate and the um, average value um, on the um, uh, the value of the average value home 
has um, uh, gone up at a higher rate. And then the number for 2017 is the mayor's goal of a 3% uh, increase in taxes on the average value home. So if we look at uh, what the estimated uh, city levy would be for um, taxes uh, um, sort of assessed in 2016, collected in 2017 for the 2017 budget, based on uh, preliminary numbers from the assessor, the um, residential values are up about 4.5%. All real property, so that's uh, residential, commercial, manufacturing, agricultural, and personal property are up about, uh, or not personal property, everything but that, up 5%. Overall net taxable property up 4.6%, and the average value home is up 3.6%. So those all play into the numbers about taxes on the average value home and things like that. If we were to max out on the levy limits, do 86 million in borrowing um, in September, which is really the number we need to be at based on um, what we've, uh, the work that's underway. The levy would go up a little over 5%, the mill rate about half a percent, so that's the difference between the 5.1 and the 4.6 gives you the mill rate um, increase of a half a percent. So if you have a home that, whose value does not increase at all, then your taxes would go up a half a percent for city taxes. Uh, when we look at what the um, average home value is increasing, that 3.6 percent, when we add the mill rate increase of a half a percent, taxes on the average value of home would go up about 4.1 percent. This is at the maximum levy limit, or about $97. At 3%, the increase is $70, but as I said before, that gap increases by $2.4 million. And I showed you the inflation numbers earlier. Um, like I said, net new construction is about the same as 2016. Uh, I think I ran through what that net construction factor is. We have about another $1.3 million from carryover and refunded taxes, and then we have debt service on top of that. Uh, this just is a picture to give you a sense of the gap that we're seeing. So the, the left-hand side shows you what the levy limit for operations is. So we can increase about $3 million, and then we have about $1.3 million more of, um, uh, of carryover from the prior year as well as rescinded, refunded taxes. So that's sort of the maximum we can do on the levy limit for operations. On the right-hand side of the ledger um, are the expenditures, so we have to pay for full funding, so that's the, um, the longevity I was talking about, stipends, fully funding positions, things like that. Um, the projected 1% pay increase and 1.25% for Aviba. So those two together, and you're right at the maximum of the levy limit. But on top of that, we have to pay for health insurance, um, the retirement system increases and then begin to address these issues in the insurance fund and in fleet. So, and that's before we get to the fact that our other revenues are dropping by a million dollars, um, some of that room tax law impact, as well as um, uh, other uh, uh, initiatives that may be out there uh, to, that seek funding from the general fund. I'm turning now to the capital budget. Um, this uh, gives you a time series since 2000 of general obligation uh, debt. The blue bars are new projects authorized in each capital budget. The um, red part of the bar is amounts reauthorized from the prior year. 
the green line that you see there, kind of in the middle, is what our actual borrowing has been, actual geo borrowing, compared to what's authorized. And then the blue line is the general fund and library fund portion of that. That's what's primarily driving the, uh, um, the amount of debt service that has to be paid for by the property tax levy. So um, see that trend has been up where we did sort of fall off in the amount of borrowing we've had over the last um, three years. It's had some significant amount of borrowing in 2011, but we're starting to um, ramp back up again with some uh, major projects that we have um, online, streets projects, uh, building, uh, remodeling, new buildings, and so on. And so that difference between the um, green line and what's authorized in the year, in the year is what drives the reauthorization in the next year unless a project is uh, canceled. And then this just gives you a, a little bit of a sense of where the uh, projects are by funding source um, 2015 through 2022. The bottom part of the um, bar are general fund supported projects. Uh, the next is fleet. You can see in 2017 right now in terms of what's in the SIP, and what has been requested by the agency is the um, new fleet services building out on Nakusa Trail. It's a, a very large project in 2017. And then we have transit, stormwater, TIF projects, and then library and other projects that are uh, sort of driving all this. So a lot of projects in 17 and 18, um, and I'll show you the effect of that on the next page. So this is the Dragon chart. We've seen before it's the ratio of general fund debt service to general fund expenditures. Historically, the city has tried to be at around 12.5% and had that for many years. Um, but with the ramp up in the um, uh, amount, number of capital projects and the overall amount of um, investment in them, as well as the overall sort of slowing of um, how much we can increase expenditures for operations because of the levy limits, this number is um, going up. So the, um, well, this is pretty much blue on blue, isn't it? But the uh, upper line here, so it says 17.3% kind of flattens out and then goes higher. That's the 2017 agency request. 2016 adopted is the, if you see the 16.4 in 2018. So it's roughly the same, not much different. And that really reflects the fact that the, um, instructions to the agencies for the capital budget was really no increase above what they have in their 2016 SIP. And we really urge agencies to try to push projects out of the 17, 18, and 19 period to the extent practicable. Um, and we'll continue to look at that in building the mayor's um, 2017 capital budget. Um, you've seen this before uh, in my sort of the overall um, model of course. I, sure. I was waiting for my light to come on. Sorry. No problems. Um, this one or? That's, we can start there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so when we're looking at the capital budget year over year, and I think what you just said answered part of this question, it's no different than what was approved and signed by the mayor last year. Is that correct? Uh, in terms of, what been, by and in terms by of what's been requested by the agencies, the instructions to the agencies were 
you can't really add any more to what you have in the 16th step. Yeah, I understand. But when you showed the dragon chart and you showed it in it wasn't much different. Right. It's the same that we talked about last year, yep, pretty, much, pretty much, right? Pretty much. Okay. Yep. With some of the differences being, these numbers are a little bit lower than what you've seen in the past because they um, make some assumptions about, well, we might have a capital improvement program of. You know, 140 million. Typically, we're not borrowing all of that. So this does try to reflect the fact that we tend to borrow maybe a half to two thirds of that amount each year. Okay. The and other thing it does, I was just going to add one more thing. Okay. The other thing it does is tries to look at some of these major projects that we're doing, like MMB, uh, the renovation of the municipal building. Um, using 20-year uh, borrowing and other projects. Now that we pay more interest over the long term, but it does help with that cash flow in the short and, term. And you looked at that last year as well. And we will continue. And you will yep. see tonight another. Um, you know, we're going to be introducing another round of 20-year borrowing. Okay. And then a question I have just procedurally: um, in years past, when we received the budgets, we don't have year-over-year -year comparisons, and so. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure with Eunice, you can get reporting that would actually show us year-over-year -year comparisons by agencies. So it takes us a lot less time to be able to review it to know what's gone up and what goes down, even though it remains the same maybe across the board. You mean by agency? Maybe we can talk some more about that. Yeah, we it do, would just I, be a helpful report, show, I think, for review. Sure. And we're continuing to try to improve um, uh, trying to break out a little bit more what the changes are from year to year. Sure. So those are some of the For example, and last year's budget, engineering took a real hit in the capital budget. Mm -hmm. But when you first look at it, you would not know that without spending hours to know which projects were really taken out completely. Mm -hmm. Right? And so when you're looking at the five-year SIP, mm -hmm. you have no idea if it's just been moved forward two years, if it's out completely. Okay. And so for our review, it would be really helpful to be, have those that information. Sure. Yep. Uh, that's, that's good. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. I'll continue. Um, so this, uh, this is just a forecast using our model. Um, make some assumptions of what pay increases, health insurance, um, puts in the... Uh, capital improvement plan. So the line that you see there is what the levy increase would be if we were to fully implement everything that's in the capital improvement plan. You, this really gives you a sense of how much, um, how many projects and the amount of dollar amount of those projects are in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 for that matter. Um, and what we see in uh, 2017, that's what the levy increase will be if we max out on the levy limit as well as that 86 million in borrowing I was talking about. The bars um, give you a sense, or the columns give you a sense of what the deficits are. So um, we uh, you know, have these commitments or, or costs we have to pay such as health insurance, what pay increases will be and so on, as well as staffing new facilities. And um, so the gap in 2017, about three and a half million. That's assuming we max out on the levy limit and have 4% increases on taxes on the average value home. If we go up, if we keep that um, increase on the average value home to 3%, then that deficit goes up to about $6 million. And then in 18 and 19 and so on, those gaps are really driven by um, compensation increases for the most part. The levy tends to drop off because the SIP 
Well, it's in the SIP in those future years um, is a little bit less once you get past 17 and 18. So those are all the numbers. I'm just going to spend a couple minutes on, um, oh, one more other thing is, uh, uh, and this just reiterates what I talked about before. These are the projected tax increases under the model, and you can see how much of it is really coming from debt service. So um, and I think those issues around how much is in the SIP, particularly in the 17 and 18 um, amounts, is uh, uh, going to be an issue that, have to be sort of put into context with how much um, the overall tax increase is going to be. Yeah. Sure. So um, what's the negative in 2019, the other debt service? So that just um, means that it's going down compared to the prior year. So we have most of this is going to be um, uh fleet borrowing, we may not need as much debt service in that year compared to the prior year. So these are all sort of increases over the prior year, change over the prior year. Okay, got it. Thank you. So I was just going to spend a minute on um, Mayor's budget instructions. Uh, budgets are actually due, operating budgets are due from agencies tomorrow. So they've been following these instructions. We've kind of been moving to a new approach as we sort of have the building blocks towards outcome-based budgeting and really trying to get agencies to think about the services they provide. So what are the types of services within each agency? So, and then we can uh, wrap a budget around that as well as wrap around it what are the, um, the goals that they have, what sort of outcomes um, are they trying to make with that investment, and how can we measure that? So we begin to move toward that, um, that making that connection sort of uh, ask the agencies to ask or uh, answer these questions. Who are the customers that are served by that service? Um, what are the goals and how can they improve the quality of the service and what are their initiatives within that service? And then on the savings side, um, as many of you know, we go through exercise in pretty much every budget of asking, asking agencies to take some amount or develop a plan around meeting um, some amount of percentage reduction in their base budget. Typically, we don't get a lot from that exercise that we can use. Um, so instead, or as an option, we offer to agencies, think about ways that you can make investments in uh, efficiencies. It might be technology. It might be a new approach to how we pay for a service. And uh, what would be your plan then to pay for that efficiency in savings over a three-year period? It might be through attrition of positions that you no longer need because we're going to make an investment in a technology solution. So um, we're excited to see what we get back from the agency, uh, the agencies on that, and maybe we might find some uh, creative ways to reduce costs and pay for those things over a three-year period. I expect we'll also get 2.5% reduction plans, but we do give agencies an option to do the efficiency plan in lieu of a 2.5% reduction plan. And this just gives that a little bit... Uh, more background on that. And then just a reminder on the, the timelines that we have. Um, we're right at the July 20th. Tomorrow the operating proposals will do, be due. The um, capital budget will be introduced on uh, September 5th, I think it is, 6th, 6th Tuesday, the 6th. And uh, then that will move through the Board of Estimates process in September. So the agencies will come in and talk, and um, there'll be amendments and votes on that in September. Um, and then the operating budget will be introduced in um, 
uh, in October. A couple of things that we're looking to do is have a find a day uh, Monday in August to do a deep dive into the operating budget. Spend a meeting, probably a two to three hour meeting on that. And out of that, we also want to do a more um, structured process in terms of the agency presentations at the Board of Estimates on their budget, kind of develop a um, PowerPoint format for them and have them answer some questions around what's in their budget. And we hope at that meeting in um, August that many of you hopefully can attend in addition to Board of Estimates members to get some feedback on what sort of questions you might want answered that we can put into that, um, that overall structure and I think help um, the Board of Estimates process um, uh, maybe get your questions answered about uh, uh, what's happening in their budgets, what was the change from the previous year, what are their goals with the investment of the dollars, and so on. And then we'll wrap up the uh, uh, budget, as you know, in uh, the second week in November. Um, we've been lucky. We've had one night the last few years. We'll see if we can stick to that process, but we'll see. So that's uh, my quick run-through. It's been about 35 minutes. I'd be happy to answer I'll, I'll just start very quickly. Um, first, as a reminder, and, and especially for those that weren't able to be here at the start, we are being filmed by City Channel, so please use your microphones, uh, and, and they'll be turned on for you when, when it's uh, time to ask further questions. And then I also just wanted to ask you the obvious request, which I'm sure you would have done anyway, Dave, and that is to please email the PowerPoint presentation to all elders. I did have one very quick question. If I just take the privilege and some mics on, and I won't ask any more questions, I don't think. But for comparison, do you know, Dave, what the WRS rate for protective employees has been on average the last few years? You stated that the 1.4% rate increase is on the high side, and I was just curious how much higher is that than we've experienced of late, if you know. Um. I think I'd have to go back and look. It's usually in the sort of 15 to 16 percent overall. Um, that's what the share of payroll is that we pay in. I don't think it's gone up. I think, if anything, it may have been stable last year, may have gone down. We also had a, I can't remember if it was 13 or 14, where the disability, duty disability retirement, so the amount we pay in for that went down considerably. Uh, because um, ETF had found that uh, the program was fully funded and they could reduce the rates um, significantly at that time. But this adjustment is, I would say, and, and we'll look at that in more detail and get you the numbers, but probably relatively larger than what we've seen before. I think the rate actually dropped last year for general municipal employees and may have dropped for police and fire as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. I have a couple of questions. Thank you so much, Dave. So as far as um, how the, the budget document is going to to look, um, last year, I mean, we, it, it looked different. There was some, some information that um, was new, some that we were used to that wasn't there, and it created, I think, a lot of... Um, a lot more work, I would say, for some of us to try to compare the, the documents. So I'm just wondering, is there going to be any kind of, should we expect any changes? That's the first question. And the second question is, we had a, a lot of conversation last year about being able to kind of access some of the data as spreadsheets so that we could actually see what would happen when we were making changes as opposed to 
manually creating our own spreadsheets, which a lot of us had done. So is that something that, like Excel spreadsheets, is that something that we are going to be able to have access to this year? Uh, yes to both okay. questions. The first is we're going to um, try to do, uh, we'll definitely do more with giving you a sense of the change from one year to the next and the components of those changes mm -hmm. by agency. So you really get a good sense of why are the numbers changing from one year to the next in the operating budget. So that's a uh, enhancement that we'll be doing. The other thing is I think for the capital budget, we put all the numbers out there in Excel. Is that correct? Yeah, the agency requests. What's out there right now, what they request, or just the raw files of what we got from the agencies in terms of what they requested. Um, but we can certainly put together um, sort of Our raw files yep. in a different format. Yeah, so we definitely are looking to do more of that. And then um, my last question, I promise. So if you could go back to the, the um, insurance fund changes. Yeah. So the drivers of kind of the, so the insurance. So you said that. This one? Yeah, yeah. That, that's great. So you said that those, that insurance fund, um, the, the changes were mostly because of liability for Police and what was the other one? Uh, vehicle vehicle okay. accidents that have resulted in loss of life. Okay, and do you have a sense of what the percent the percentages of of like does it get? I guess I'm trying to figure out how does it get calculated without getting into <laughs> too much of the, the work of actuaries. But but does it? This gives you how much of the reserves are related to each of the types. So okay. the Got bottom num the bottom line there. So the other liability. Yeah, it's really the other liability, which is really those. So that's what I was trying to remember. Yeah. So employment claims. So those are like. It, those are relatively small. Okay. It's really the police and the vehicle. Okay, that's um, that's involved. the one I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Hi. Um, I was wondering, um, we, we're kind of in a new world with the room tax, and you alluded to that. Maybe it was before, older, um, before Mark came, but it's now a 70-30 split where we only control 30%, right. and before we sort of use that for other other ways to offset our general fund. Right. So do we? has that new committee started, and is there any sense of, like, kind of the authority or what they will end up doing or how that's going to play out over time? Do we have any surmising that Mark or anybody? So the Tax Commission has been appointed and confirmed. I think its first meeting is August 8th, and that will probably be an organizational meeting as well as kind of giving them background on the um, room tax law as well as the um, allocations um, of the room tax dollars right now. And... Um, so the process change is that that 70% number, rather than being um, decided on, its allocation being decided on by the council, will be decided on by the Room Tax Commission. And then um, the 30% the city can keep for its own purposes. And right now the split is roughly, I think it's 65-35 in the 16 budget. And um, so we'll be looking at options to try to identify um, activities that the city performs that we could classify as tourism-related 
probably the, the best examples that we are looking at right now are um, Old Brick, uh, because it's a tangible municipal development, which is one criteria under the law, and um, you know, we can reasonably assume that it generates room nights from tourism activity. The other is the zoo, the subsidy that we provide to the zoo, again, another tangible municipal activity. So those are two that we're looking at now. The major problem or issue around the room tax and the general fund, though, is the lack of the slowdown in the growth of, of revenues. So there's not a lot there um, that can be used for other purposes because they'll be used up by the Minota Terrace subsidy and the um, what is an increasing amount over time is going to be paid to the Convention and Visitors Bureau. So they had been at 20% of revenues, and their current contract is to grow to, I think, almost 30% and beyond of those revenues over the next several years. So I think we have about a 1.5 to 2 percentage point increase that has to be accommodated in the 2017 um, allocation of room tax. So those are all the issues that the Room Tax Commission coming on board will have to grapple with and that we'll have to um, make sure we're interacting with the city's general fund budget. So the process would be with the mayor's office, your, aid, your department would pro propose things to this committee? I mean, how, does, how do they come up with a budget? Yeah, I think exactly what we'll do is say, here's what the budget looks like. Here's a, here are some pro, uh, proposals of how um, that 70% would be allocated. Uh, much of it's going to be already spoken for. We have to pay for Monona Terrace and the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau amounts. But then what are we going to do with uh, um, the growth in the room tax revenues? So, yeah, we we'll probably will present um, sort of a plan to the commission that will – um, be looking to integrate into the city's um, budget picture. Okay, thanks. Is there any sense of uh, why the room taxes are down apart from, I mean, we have that um, mandated split, but any sense of why they're down? Well, it's not so much that they're down, they're just not growing as fast as they have in Happy. the past. So, you know, we've had new properties come online over the last few years. That's helped with the growth. Um, I think based on the, um, the numbers we've seen in terms of um, occupancy rates and revenue rates and so on, there's still a lot of pent-up demand within, particularly within the downtown core. So we might see another pickup as we build a new convention hotel and that Marriott AC on the corner comes online. So Otherwise, I think we've just sort of reached, you know, we're not at, we didn't add a lot of rooms in the past year. Um, so we, are we essentially um, kind of um, at the number of room nights on, for the hotels that we currently have online that we would expect, you know, in terms of I where are we we're talking at, at? I mean, Greg McManus can speak to this in a lot more detail, but I think we're at 78. We're, we're pretty much at saturation on the room. So then what you're getting is more of the rates going up. I see. Okay. That's a part of demand. But I, I do want to emphasize we only have the first quarter okay. of room tax. And really the second and third quarters are the where we get most of our room taxes, and that's really how that's performing will really drive what we look at. 
So what we're going to see in terms of the projection. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So, what is the fleet service fund? I mean, what is that? Why is that a deficit? And is that because we postponed things, or? So, the issue with the fleet service uh, internal service fund is um, we've had a mismatch in what fleet has used to um, calculate depreciation. So, um, they've they've had in their system certain useful lice for vehicles. And that's how they've set the fleet rate over the last few years. Um, compared to what we have in the accounting system, which is the number of record, and that's what goes into our financial statements. And what we've noticed is an increasing difference between that, and we've spent um, really the last several months digging into those numbers in a lot more detail, vehicle by vehicle, what the difference is. And we've... we've um, isolated it we know what's going on we're probably going to change we're, we're going to get onto the same page the what's in the accounting system will probably be uh, brought down a little bit closer to what fleets at and then we'll use one system going forward i think what we also saw is probably about six seven years ago um not sure how the decision was made but um kind of dropped fleet rates and started to spend down a cash what, what had been a balance in fleet it may have been a budget decision at that time we haven't really recovered that. We've done some increases in the fleet rate, um, but we need to do more to get back in line with um, um, what the depreciation expense is for the vehicle fleet. Thank you. I think Alderperson Clear perhaps has the last question before we have to move into the next meeting. That's an awesome responsibility. Not sure I'm up to it. Uh, could you uh, go back to the slide about the, the gap between um, the levy limit and the, the uh, graph? Continue? The graph? Yeah. Yep, this one? Right. So we're at about $4.5 million here in mid-July. Mm -hmm. My sense is that that's fairly typical for this time of year that we're looking at about that amount of gap, four to six million dollars. Is that is that your sense of things? I know you don't really track that, but typically, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Any uh, well, other very quick question at all? Seeing none, then thank you very much again. Thank you. Dave, we appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll be starting the Common Council meeting in a matter of minutes. Thank you all.